Welcome to Fintech Founders, the podcast where we sit down and speak with the entrepreneurs changing the financial industry. In each episode, you'll learn about a founder, the company they built, and their vision for the future. My name's Nicholas Beliveau, your host for the show and the head of marketing at Fintech Cadence. Fintech Cadence is a community builder that's developing Canada's fintech leaders of tomorrow. To learn more about what we do, visit fintechcadence.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Very excited to have Cato uh, Pastel, the co-founder and CEO at Lending Loop. How's it going, Cato? Great. Thanks for yourself. Yeah, very good. Thank you for joining me today. Um, thanks for having so me. Let's kick it off as we normally do on the show. Um, so for those who've never heard of Lending Loop, can you tell us a bit about what you guys do? Absolutely. Um, so it'll, it'll be a little bit of a long-winded story, but uh, we started Lending Loop uh, about six years ago now, uh, and the idea was to connect small businesses that were looking for an affordable source of financing uh, with investors who want to lend money to those businesses. So people like yourself and myself who want to lend money to businesses uh, could go online through an online platform uh, to invest uh, in, in businesses that were looking for capital. Um, and so uh, that that business model was actually really originally um, started back in the UK um, about 10 uh, or 12 years ago now uh, and became very successful over there. Uh, we saw how successful it was and saw that there was an opportunity to bring it to the Canadian market and, and help small businesses over here, which was why we started it. Um, kind of fast forwarding to today and, and 2020, uh, we've actually uh, come into the market by launching a new product. Uh, so that new product is, is called Loop. Uh, and we're specifically focused on digital online businesses. So people selling directly to consumer online uh, through platforms like Amazon or directly through Shopify or WooCommerce. Uh, and the idea there is, you know, especially with the the changes, which I'm sure we'll talk about that have happened over the last few months and, uh, and you know, since the onset of, of 2020, um, there's been a, a rapid increase in business activity in the online space. So that, that led us to uh, launch, launch a new product for, for digital businesses. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that and, and speak about Loop. Um, but on the, the first part, you were kind of a well, you were the pioneer of peer-to-peer lending in Canada, correct? Yeah, so we, we were actually the first company uh, here to uh, to come to market. And we, we actually got regulatory approval uh, to operate in October 2016. Um, so we were the first company to launch and, and first company to get uh, regulatory approval to, to operate uh, a, a peer-to-peer lending marketplace in, in the country, um, which was really exciting at the time um, because it was uh, w- one of the most novel things that had been done from a re- regulatory perspective and uh, definitely was a lot of work to, to bring that, that, that model to market here in Canada. Yeah, no, that's super cool. And since, well, on the last episode, actually, I had the chance to speak to uh, uh, Marc-Antoine Caillat, the founder of GoPeer, that does person-to-person, but you, you it's business-to-person, which was uh, kind of, well, set the, the precedent for it and opened up that that regulatory um, approval. Um, how was that? To, to let's, let's start on the regulatory side, because I'm sure that wasn't easy. Sandboxes were probably not that much of a thing back then. Uh, how did you convince the regulatory bodies to, to, to let you operate in Canada? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, a, a tremendous challenge. Um, and, you know, a few years on, I can I can smile and laugh about it, but I probably wouldn't have been smiling and laughing if you asked me back in, in 2015 or, or 2016. Um, you know, it was, uh, it, it's very challenging to um, convince a regulator who uh, whose job it is is to protect the market um, and, um, you know, enforce existing rules and regulation uh, that they should allow something new um, to take place in the market. And so it was a, it was a tremendous uphill battle of not just, you know, working with the regulator, but uh, working with various stakeholders, uh, educating the banks on what we did, educating the government on, on what we did and, and why it would be beneficial for Canadian businesses and Canadian individuals. Um, so it was a lot of, uh, a lot of years um, of, of, of hard work and, and convincing people um, telling people our story to be able to bring that that model to market in Canada. Um, at the end of the day, obviously we we were successful, but there were a lot of times where we thought, um, you know, we thought we thought it wasn't going to go, it wasn't actually going to happen. And um, you know, we, we we I think it was really a story of perseverance um, because we really were dedicated to bringing that model to market because we knew how much it could help businesses if we were able to do that. We knew that people. You know, out there really wanted to support businesses. There was a strong demand um, for this to take place, but there was just something wrong in the ecosystem that just wasn't allowing it to happen. So um, the, the, the funny kind of conclusion to the story, you just mentioned sandboxes, is uh, the, 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 the regulatory sandbox that was launched, that was actually launched on the same day that our business got regulatory approval. So yeah. I, I, kinda like, I like to say that we were the sandbox, we were the creation of the sandbox in many ways. Yeah. Okay. I I didn't know that. That's super interesting. Um, so maybe let's, let's uh, rewind to the early days, um, at when you got started, um, you're from the UK, correct? So that's correct. where you yeah. saw, saw the model, and then you moved to Canada for for school. Um, could you tell us a bit about your your background? Yeah, um, I mean it's 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 super relevant to uh, to, to what I'm I'm doing now. Uh, my parents were both small business owners, um, so I grew up working in uh, in their businesses. Um, you know, throughout my my childhood, throughout school, um, would would work in their businesses nights and weekends, uh, helping them out. Uh, whether it was washing the dishes or uh, my, my mom was a caterer, so <laughs> washing the dishes is a is, is a real real job that had to be done. Uh, or later on in life, uh, helping with uh, financial modeling and spreadsheets and budgeting and things like that. As 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 I became more interested in finance, so I've always been uh, very closely connected to the small business world and. Even, even ran some of my own kind of small businesses on the side in school, um, car washes and things like that. Um, and so, you know, later on, um, actually in university, I, I went to university here in, in Canada, um, uh, Western University in, uh, in London, Ontario. And uh, that's where I, I met my business partner who had a very similar background to myself. And, and we basically were talking about ways that we could make it easier for business owners who always traditionally have the hardest time getting access to capital, um, how we can help them get uh, faster, more efficient and more affordable financing um, than what's available today. Uh, they're often ignored by traditional financial institutions. Um, there's usually not many other options for them to go outside family or friends. And sometimes it's kind of lucky whether or not you've got family and friends who, who have the capital to lend to you. Um, so we just saw this as a, as a much more efficient model um, to lend money. And, and obviously that, that, that really tied into, uh, into my personal background. Awesome. And, and then, so 
once once you start, you, you found your business partner. You guys wanted to go. Um, you, you have that chicken and egg problem, right? Uh, you have to have the, the people willing to lend, uh, but then you have to find the, the businesses also who want to partake. How was that getting your first um, customers and what was your strategy there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot in the last five years has been written about marketplace businesses, especially since, you know, Uber and Airbnb have become a lot more popular than, than, uh, than they were 10 or 15 years ago. If they, well, they didn't even exist 10 or 15 years ago. Right. So, um, yeah, the, uh, you know, the, the, the model of building a marketplace, um, was very much a learning experience. I think ultimately if I could distill it down to one simple thing, uh, you have to figure out how to fix supplier demand. Um, so you, you've got to fix one side of your marketplace and the one that you have to fix is the one uh, where you're not necessarily providing a unique product or unique value. Um, and what I mean by that is, is one side of the, the marketplace is always the side that wants to interact with you, has has more clear of a need. Um, in the example of, uh, of like an Airbnb uh, the their real customer, even though you may think you're using their app as a customer when you're booking a property, their real cost customer is actually the person who owns uh, who owns the real estate. They're the ones that are interacting with the product every day. They're the ones that are, are using it every day. And so those people are the important ones to get fixed on because once they have those people on the platform, it makes it a lot easier to go to the market and, and make it easy and, 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 and distribute uh, their, uh, you know, their supply, so to speak to people. And, and, and I guess it was a similar story with, with us, um, you know, in terms of figuring out that equation, it was, it was obviously a lot of trial and error and uh, a lot of uh, uh, falling on our faces a few times, but ultimately figured out that we had to find ways to fix, uh, you know, what we called the supply on our platform, which was the supply of capital or, or investors who wanted to fund the product. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And then what's, what did that journey look like? So you, you started off your, your two people, uh, from the get go. Did you grow quickly? Um, did you get investments early on? Yeah. Um, in the, in the very beginning we built everything ourselves. Um, so we, uh, managed to keep things very lean. Um, we built the, the platform and the technology without hiring anybody or, or raising any capital. Uh, so yes, we kind of got our co-founder was, was on the technical side, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, he, he's the more technical of the two of us, but actually we, we both, um, we both, uh, wrote code. We both, uh, um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say worked equally. Um, but, but definitely worked, both worked very hard at, uh, at getting it to, um, uh, to where it is today. Uh, oh, sorry, no, where, where, where it needed to be back then, you know, for an MVP or, or for a V wanted to work. Uh, and then, you know, we launched it. Our first hire was actually, um, somebody who was helping from a sales perspective. So helping us to find, uh, small business customers, um, who would use the platform. Um, and then, um, to, to make a long story short, um, after, I guess, a few months of iterating, we kind of started to, to, to hit our stride, started to figure out how we could um, got, start getting some scale. And, and then uh, we raised capital um, about six months later. Okay. And, and how yeah. was that whole experience as a f- first time? Because I, I know if you had other entrepreneurial experiences like uh, car washing, for example. But for, for building a, a tech startup in Canada, what was that experience like? Your, your first funding round or even before that, your, your first hire? 
Yeah, um, it's it was. Uh, I, I would say that there's no better experience than uh, than going through it, right? Like you can read every textbook, you can uh, listen to to every pe- podcast, <laughs> um, but there's there's nothing quite like the um, experience of of actually going and and doing it yourself and 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 getting your hands dirty and, and failing um, and learning from those failures and, and turning them into uh, successes the next time you go around. So, um, you know, there were so many different things from uh, hiring to regulatory processes and, and, and what we had to do there to finding our first investor, uh, finding our first lender to fund the loans, finding our first business. Uh, that were all, uh, tremendous learning experiences for us as, as we were getting started. But, um, it's hard to point to one and say that, that, you know, one, one was, uh, one was the most important. They were all kind of equally, uh, equally challenging, but definitely, um, you know, so, so much that we look back on now, uh, and kind of laugh about, uh, about, um, how little we knew when we started the business, but that's a, that's a good thing. Like that's the, that's the type of learning experience that you want to go through as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And then since then, how many people have, um, I'm curious to, to, to know in numbers, how many people have you hired? How, how many customers do you have on, on both sides of the platform uh, as well? Yeah, sure. So we, uh, there's currently um, about 25 people on our team today. Um, and uh, we um, have lent to about 1,000 businesses uh, across Canada, um, just under that. And uh, we have um, about 12,000 uh, people who have lent money to those businesses. So those are, those are Canadian investors who have, have lent money to, uh, to small businesses across Canada. Um, and uh, I know we'll get into this in a bit, but um, obviously with, with this new product um, that we launched uh, a few months ago, uh, started to to um, started to really get some some great inroads with that, and so uh, we've already lent our first million um, out, and and hopefully by the end of the year we'll be uh, at about five to ten million dollars of of capital deployed to uh, to e-commerce businesses. Wow, congrats! And plus, with the holiday season, I guess that's going to probably be an important factor. Um, but yeah, maybe just before we get into the. The, the logic behind launching this new product. Um, so COVID hit, you're already like an established business. What, what were the impacts um, for, for your business and also for you as uh, uh, the leader of, of the organization? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone, whether it's positive or negative, um, has been impacted by the pandemic. And um, uh, obviously, you know, we, we, we weren't immune to that. And um, more importantly, our, our customers weren't immune to that. Um, so as we saw, a lot of things had to shut down, uh, restaurants, retailers, gyms, you know, I could go on and on with the list. I'm sure we're all familiar with, with how many businesses were forced to close. Um, and you know we can we can debate or argue what's fair and not not or what, what's not fair, what's right and what's not right. But at the end of the day, um, there were customers who had, you know people who had, who had built you know for many many years of their lives and invested their livelihood into building these businesses. And so it was a very difficult time. Um, you know, aside from the chaos and confusion that that was caused by just there being a global pandemic that that scares people. Um, I think the impact directly on these small businesses. Um, was startling. Um, I actually, uh, you know, I, because of, of how much we were seeing it firsthand, I, I became um, very involved in, in advocacy work, trying to promote support programs for small businesses um, directly with the, the government in Canada. Uh, I actually wrote uh, an opinion piece in the, in the Globe and Mail 
um, earlier this year, this year um, specifically talking about some of the statistics that we were seeing on the ground uh, around the impact of, of COVID on small businesses. You know, now now that we're kind of six, uh, seven months into this, um, I think what we can what we can say is that obviously the the impact has been profound. There's been some um, relief that's been provided through various government programs and things like that, but still a lot a lot more needs to be done to support the the community and, and specifically support uh, small local businesses um, if we want them to survive through to next year, right? Um, and um, I guess to that effect, you know, obviously it directly impacted our business because you know, we're in the business of supporting those types of, of companies. And unfortunately, because of everything that's gone on, obviously we saw a massive decrease in demand for capital because uh, very few people were fit thinking about growth and how they were going to, you know, open new locations or expand or renovate or do those types of things, which is usually why people come to us. Uh, they started to focus on how they could cut expenses and how they could stay afloat, right? So that, that, that was kind of, it. yeah. I would have thought it was the opposite when we, we first talked, right? Because they, they need yeah. cash flow, but it makes sense. They're looking for these funds for, for growth. Um, whereas, you know, the, the government programs were then supporting the individuals with their, their relief programs. Um, it's, uh, uh, yeah, for, from a first glance, I would have thought that that, that was the reality. But uh, so, so I guess you, you took that um, and then had to realize, well, how how else could you help these businesses and that e-commerce is... Were, were you already... Um, had e-commerce clients before with uh, with Lending Loop, or was really just for for people with brick and mortar stores? Yeah, no, good question. We did, we definitely did have some clients. Um, uh, our product, though, I would say, wasn't necessarily best suited to that sector, and and uh, and the reason for that is e-commerce businesses. The way that their business works is they're typically buying inventory. Um, Sitting, sitting on that inventory for relatively short periods of time, 60, 90, 120 days, and then selling it. And so what they really need is a short-term injection of capital to have them grow inventory. For example, ahead of the holiday season, right? Like you you, you want to sell a lot in the holiday season, you've got to go out and maybe buy millions of dollars of stuff. And then, you know, by the end of December, hopefully, if all goes well, you've sold out of it, right? And so the type of loan that those businesses need is more of a revolving type of credit structure. You know, they, a, a, other financing products, like even our, our old financing product that we, you know, our original financing product, I should say, um, you know, are more, are more suited to three, four, five-year projects, right? And mm-hmm. so um, while we did work with some of them, our product wasn't really built for them. Um, it was more built for like that expansion or long-term growth. And so uh, having spoken to uh, various entrepreneurs uh, that run online businesses, we realized that the uh, the product would need to change um, quite a bit in, in order to work for, uh, for those types of businesses. Gotcha. Okay. And then what was, how did you go about, like, what was that like in COVID? I guess everybody from home and you're, you're what, what was the, what was the moment that you said, okay, let's know what, let's launch a, a new product. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't a magic day. I'll be honest. Like it wasn't like, you know, <laughs> at March 30th, like uh, fingers snapped. Woke and, up out uh, of bed yeah. and I, <laughs> um, it was a lot of, um, fumbling around, um, trying different things, speaking to different companies. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll be honest, like I spoke to uh, people in various different uh, business sectors that were existing clients or people that I got introduced to, you know, 
for example, uh, spent quite a bit of time talking to businesses in the agriculture sector uh, and the healthcare sector. Um, those were obviously other examples of um, products or services that were in demand or have been in demand uh, as a result of COVID. Um, so we looked at various different things. I guess, you know, after speaking to um, uh, quite a few people in the e-commerce space, one of the things that we really understood or liked about it is that they're typically very entrepreneurial, forward-thinking, technology-enabled entrepreneurs, right? Like people, you know, they're, 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 they're operating digital businesses. So there's a lot of alignment between what we're trying to do and what they're trying to do with their businesses. So that, that's the first thing. Uh, and, and the second thing uh, that we started to realize was that there, there was an opportunity to, to build meaningful partnerships with those businesses. I think I've, I've always wanted to uh, to work with businesses in a way that's not transactional. It's not like, okay, hey, like how do we help you today and then shake hands and then you know never see you again. And so th- there, there was a lot of things that we heard from these businesses that um, allowed us to start thinking about like how do th- we, we could evolve our product with these companies to not just help them be successful today, but in their needs for the next 6, 12, 24, 36 months and actually grow with these businesses. And so um, it just got really, really um, attracted to uh, the sector and really interested the more conversations I had with, uh, with entrepreneurs and founders um, and, and understood that there was a real financing gap here. Like there was a certain need where they're not getting the service that they need um, from a financing perspective. Um, and so a lot of the things just kind of started to fall into place, you know, from like I'd call it like April, May, June. Um, and, and so that kind of eventually, you know, I guess we, we at, at a certain point, uh, kind of in the middle of the summer made the decision like we're going to go all in on uh, on this strategy okay okay neat um and and the strategy is a bit different right because you're not getting investors per se how are you getting that that capital for the or unless i'm mistaken is it the same model as lending loop a marketplace or you're getting the funds from um institutional investors yeah good question so it's it's right now it's obviously it's it's a new product so it's it's brand new for us um we we do plan um to make this available to all types of investors that's kind of always been part of our uh, our goal and our strategy and, and one of the reasons that I, I didn't really talk about this before but one of the reasons i started lending loop was also so that i could invest in, in businesses right like i really love the idea of just get, of making those investment opportunities available to people so um answering your question um initially yes we we're, we're kind of working with more institutional investors to fund the loans um but our goal is uh, as we start to grow this to um, offer up the the uh, investment opportunity to uh, our lenders on our platform as well. Um, so that is uh, that's that is in in our plans and and hopefully something that we'll do uh, in the coming months. Okay, very cool. Um, launching a new product. So in a way within the same company, but it's your 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 second product. How how was that versus the the first launch? Um, did it go much quicker? I guess so with your experience, but. Could you could you compare and contrast uh, launching Lending Loop and then launching Loop? Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's interesting because a lot of businesses pivot and a lot of businesses will like you know have a certain strategy or direction and then um, will you know shift that by iteration over time. Um, 
this was this was what was unique about this is like usually when you're iterating i mean we've iterated too on our product in the past it's kind of like slow iterations of like okay we try this product we try this customer and like you kind of move in a little bit of a direction because of covid it was like a, a shop utah type of thing right it was like it wasn't like oh we've got time to like figure it out and talk to people it was really like you know knife job through the heart now it's like okay yeah. pull it out and you know Put a put a wound on and start going in a different direction. Stop fighting again, right? So I, I think that that was that was what was unique about this situation in 2020. Is it, it's not like there was a an issue necessarily with it, typically pivots happen because like you know the business model doesn't exactly work or doesn't line up. In this case, mm-hmm. like it, it was a external event that that occurred. Um, but that being said, um, you know. We we had a ton, uh, and, and you said this like we we had a ton of experience in the sector with small businesses um, working with a lending product, and also had worked with some customers in this industry already. So um, there was a ton of experience that not not just us as founders, but our whole team um, already had, and that brought to the table. Um, so, you know, I, we, in, in a couple of months, um, of doing this, we've already been able to achieve, I think what took us about almost a year, uh, the, the first time around, just from like a purely from a volume perspective. Um, so, you know, there's lots of little things that, that are the reason for that, but, um, for sure, uh, we're going significantly faster this time around. Um, not making a lot of the mistakes that we made the first time around is obviously a, a huge, um, a huge part of that. Um, and we're still learning. Um, but I think we're, we're, we're really excited because we do feel, um, you know, it, it, like just possibly from speaking to customers, it feels like we're, um, you know, we're built, we're building something really special, uh, at the moment. That's awesome. Congrats. Cause that's uh, it takes uh, a certain level of, of courage and resilience to be able to, to, well, for everybody to get through COVID, but plus yeah. to, to be able to adapt like you did, I think it's very uh, commendable. So good job there. I appreciate that. Like, and and you know what? You've got to, um, I, I got advice on it. You know, I spoke to lots of people who, no, no one's been through COVID, but who had been through, you know, whether it was previous recessions or previous just sudden changes in the environment. And um, obviously uh, leading through that uh, type of environment is, 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 a, is a challenge um, for sure. Um, especially when you have, you know, established product, established teams and expectations from people around, you know, where something's going. And so to deliver news, like, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to shake things up and, and, and try something new is a really difficult message to deliver. But what's most important um, that I've learned, and I, I definitely didn't know this back in March, but what I can say now is just, you know, thinking about it and then having a very clear minded strategy and direction to say like, you know, this is where we're going to go. Like not, um, not being indecisive about it or hoping that something's going to change, but analyzing the environment, uh, understanding where you're at, understanding the challenges that in front of are in front of you. And then being able to say like, Hey, everyone, like, you know, <laughs> win or lose, like this is, this is where we're going and this is what we're going to do. And I guess that's, um, you know, that, that's, that's what we have to do as a, as, as a business. And, and I'm sure there's many, many businesses out there, um, that have done the same thing, but that's, you know, it, it's definitely a better thing to do that than, uh, than to, to be in, not take action or be indecisive. Right. Awesome. I, I, that foreshadows my, my next uh, questions for you. Cause I wanted to, to chat about any advice you'd have for, 
fintech startups that are just getting started, or rather the, the entrepreneurs launching these new fintech startups. You mentioned how um, with Loop, you were able to move much quicker. You learned from your mistakes. Could you share maybe the, um, the differences between both that uh, were, led to some perhaps lessons that others could take from your experience? For sure. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. I think, you know, if, if uh, one thing I'd say is that, you know, founders who are thinking about starting a business now to some degree, not, not just in the fintech space, but in general are at an advantage because uh, they actually, you know, they, they don't have the legacy uh, infrastructure uh, or legacy perspective that people maybe had um before uh, the pandemic, right? And so, like, the, the, there are some advantages to getting started now. So, you know, in my view, uh, despite all the uncertainty in the world, there, there's never been a better time to start. So, anyone who is thinking about starting a business, I think, should uh, should 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 go for it. Um, in terms of like learnings and, and things that I've possibly taken away um, from the experience. Um, I'm sure that there'll still be much more to take away in the, the coming years, but um, it's it's really being hyper-focused on um, the customer uh, and being hyper-focused on um, achieving product market fit. Um, and I think the way that you do that is by, you know, not not fantasizing over like this ideal product or, or ideal thing that you want to create or, or ideal way that the business is going to work. I think it's really, you know, be, be really focused on who your customer is and get to know that customer intimately and get to understand how is what you're building going to intimately solve that customer's problem. I think that that is the, probably the most important thing, um, especially early on to understand because it's very easy to get carried away with an idea that you have that you think is going to work um, and spend a lot of time on operations or processes or building sales funnels or all the other stuff that comes with, you know, creating a business uh, when really all you need to focus on is one thing and it's, it's what does your customer actually want. Okay, cool. Um, and last uh, question or, or talking points I want to chat with you is just from an industry perspective now, looking at fintech, you've seen it uh, for now a couple of years. Um, I, I'd love to know your, your well, general thoughts on the, the Canadian fintech industry and how it's evolved, and also some of the, the startups that you're, you're um, other, other fintech startups that you're looking at and that you're, you've been impressed by their, their growth um, or opportunities where uh, th- there's gaps to be filled in, in the market. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that the, the Canadian fintech industry is challenged and always going to be challenged. And, and I think the reason for that is uh, primarily that we are a slow mover when it comes to change and, and regulatory change. Um, we're, you know, obviously uh, we're, we're a perfect example of that, um, but it took us, you know, eight years you just, um, uh, you just need to launch a new product, and then there's going to be a new uh, a new regulatory framework, isn't it? That yeah. how it works. It's um, yeah, no, like you know, we we were eight years late to the industry that we uh, that we you know came to effectively in, in peer-to-peer lending. And, and the, it, if you look at other things in the fintech industry, I, it's very rare that you see something happening in Canada that hasn't already been done somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I think that there's some amazing companies, some amazing founders here, um, and some really passionate and dedicated people. Um, 
But unfortunately, I think one of the trends that I've also seen is a lot of the most successful ones are the ones who have looked internationally to build their businesses. So they're Canadian businesses, but they, you know, their customers are are, are located uh, geographically elsewhere. So whether right. it's in the U.S. or U.K. or Australia, um, and so I think I think that that is um, that's a thing that Canada, you know, it, it's Canada needs to think about and focus on because it makes it challenging to build businesses here when your own market isn't as receptive to, to them as, as other markets are like, you know, if we want to be leaders, I think we really need to rethink um, how, how the FinTech industry works here. Um, but I do think, like I said, I think that I, there's a lot of people who are doing good things. Um, I'm very excited about um, a number of different sectors. I think like obviously some of the older ones were like wealth management and lending and things like that. There's now a lot of things happening um, in the property space. Um, um, so uh, there's a lot of property-based technology, whether it's make, making the process of uh, buying and selling homes easier. I know that um, ev- anyone who's bought, bought or sold a house probably knows how uh, how frustrating that process can be. So I've um, uh, seen a, a few cool companies uh, to look out for there, both in, uh, both in Canada and in the U.S. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of fintech enablement, so to speak, a lot of companies now that are making it a lot easier to um, provide products and services or enable fintech type products and services for regular companies. Um, and the ones that, that excite me the most are the ones that empower small businesses. Cause I've always, I'm always going to have that connection to smaller companies. So, uh, anyone who is enabling small businesses to, um, uh, you know, to, to be successful is great. And, you know, obviously Shopify is massive. They're now the, uh, the biggest company in Canada, at least by market cap, but like they're a perfect example of, of, of that. And I think there's a lot in the FinTech space um, that's going to be done kind of that that's along the same lines of, of empowering uh, customers to be successful. Awesome. Well, Kato, thanks so much for, for joining me today on the show and, and sharing your, your experience, telling us about your, your company and um, I'll sharing those those tips with, with everyone listening. Um, it was awesome to connect with you and I hope we'll be able to, to follow up uh, in the near future and best of luck with uh, the, the, the new product launch. I'll, I'll be following closely. For sure. No, appreciate you having me on. Um, if anyone wants to check out the new product, it's uh, it's at getloop.ca. Um, it's brand new and just in the market. So I uh, would love any uh, any feedback from anyone who's watching or if you're in the e-commerce space, uh, hit me up on uh, on Twitter and uh, and we can have a chat about it. But uh, Nicholas, thanks for having me on. This was, uh, this was awesome. And um, yeah, uh, let's keep in touch. And thanks again for the time. Awesome. All right, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Take care.